One if by land, two if by sea, and how about three for a sweep at Fenway Park? No, Paul Revere didn't warn the Red Sox that the Yankees were coming. Maybe he should have. Boston went into the weekend series as one of the hottest teams in the game, and they wake up today looking up at the Yankees in the standings. There is still work to be done for the Bombers, but maybe, just maybe, it's safe to say a sleeping giant has heard the alarm clock. We'll discuss with the host of the Short Porch Podcast on Barstool Sports, our friend Eric Hubs. It's all next on a brand new Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All right, here's a Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, your host, Chris Sheeran, four-time World Series champion, Jeff Nelson, New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I am the pod father, Jake Brown, and, uh, you know, follow the whole crew, Chris Sheeran, yes, NY Nelly, 43, Jake Brown Radio, Eric Hubs from Barstool Sports and the Short Porch Podcast are going to come on later in the show, but I'm opening up the floor here because one man named Christopher Allen Sheeran. Allen? I might have <laughs> mixed up his middle name, but Christopher <laughs> Roberto Sheeran. Uh, needs to apologize to the New York Yankees organization after essentially ending the season on Thursday's podcast. And over the weekend, they went to Boston and they swept away the Red Sox and are now atop the wild card. So we'll open up the press conference with Christopher's opening statement. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jason uh, Brown. Um, is it is your middle name Ellis? My middle name's Michael, by the way. Christopher. Mine Michael. is My- Alan. Oh, oh there you Jeffrey go. Allen Nelson and Christopher <laughs> Michael Smith or Sheeran. Sorry. Smith? What the hell is your Jesus. All right. Well, to the New York Yankees. I would like to offer my sincere apologies for my near 40-minute outburst and out-of-character behavior last Thursday regarding your sweep of the Rangers. On behalf of the New York Post as well, uh, my co-host Jeff Nelson, my producers Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for three, I'd like to take this opportunity to once again offer my sincere apologies for my behavior, and I promise it won't happen again, unless, of course, the Yankees get swept by the Blue Jays. (laughs) 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 Losing the the first two games of that Blue J series and then you know that podcast on Thursday is going to be another interesting one I don't know if I'll be making the, the same sex club references that I was on Thursday but I'm sure I'll be despondent yet again Jeffrey Allen comments to your co-host about his his actions on Thursday and how, how the weekend transpired well for one you, you know he says it's not going to happen again you, you know it will happen again and then he <laughs> says it's un- uncharacteristic of himself which he, he's done that many times before so I guess all the other 30 times that he's had an outburst is very uncharacteristic the one that was uncharacteristic when he talked about the stilettos in the groin area that that's the one that I, I could not wrap my head around I didn't know what was going on with that and how that trans that analogy you know came over into a, a Yankee schedule and the rest of the nine games but with that being said I'm going to start saying me instead of we you know I kind of include everyone when I say you know we said that uh, you know all the Yankees had to do was go seven and two they had to they had at least to sweep a series to try to make the playoffs. Well, I said that they had to go 7-2. That means they had to sweep a series, and they swept the first series. So they went into Boston. Friday was a huge game. They scored early. They allowed, I think, Cole. You know, I don't know. I guess you really can't tell if Cole would have 
match zeros if that's how the game started. But, you know, when they score, what, they score four runs in the first inning, then you, you kind of settle down a little bit. And when you give somebody like Eric Cole that kind of cushion, then you can pretty much put it on cruise control. And that's what he did. So he did an outstanding job. Cortez was just enough. He went four, but a big outburst. Stanton, how, Stanton, this is one of those things. See, there's two, there's two times during a year that Stanton can then carry a team. And, and he's done it. He did it during the 13, 13 game winning streak or whatever. And all of a sudden now he's doing it again. He's a guy that in spurts will put up these kind of numbers, the three home runs, the 10 RBIs, the seven for 13 and, you know, in the sweep of Boston, he's unstoppable. And, and Boston, they don't have a great bullpen. They got on former Yankee out of Eno. How about that? Yeah. And, you know, I will give you credit. You did say that they have to go at least seven and two. So now four uh, and two. All they need to do is four. And two. Yeah. All they need to do is four and two now. And I happen to agree with you. And I thought it was either seven and two, eight and one or nine and oh, I, that's just the way I, I felt. And I still feel that way because if this team not only make the playoffs, Nelly, but make noise in the playoffs, the way you do that is you go up to Boston and you did what you did. I mean, they went up there, they sweep a three-game set. The Red Sox had won seven straight games going into that series. They were the second hottest team in baseball, I think, besides the Cardinals, who haven't lost since the Nixon administration, it seems like. I mean, they've just been on a run like that's unbelievable, 16 straight for St. Louis. Everybody was wondering why the Cardinals were making deadline deals. Well, here's why. And they're right back in the thick of things. Uh, and they're a wild card team as well. But back to the Yankees and the Red Sox, you needed to make a statement. This team was too much of a roller coaster all season long. You needed to go up into Boston and you needed to sweep that series. Two out of three would have been okay, and I would have signed for that. If somebody told me on Thursday after I was, you know, my idiot despondent self on Thursday taping this podcast, and they would have said, Chris, relax, you're going to get two out of three this this weekend at Fenway, I would have signed for that in a heartbeat. Absolutely, immediately, I would have put down, I would have signed for it. And Giancarlo Stanton, how about these numbers, Nelly? This is since August 1st through yesterday's game. Last night's game. The Yankees are 32 and 18 over the 50 game stretch. He started 48 of those games. He's got 18 home runs and 47 RBI over that 50 game sample size. And he's hitting 314. This is a guy, let's not forget too, Jeff. On opening day at Yankee Stadium, he was getting booed. Now, granted, he went 0 for 5. I think he had four or five strikeouts, but. This is a guy that carried you in the playoffs last year. If you didn't have this guy in the lineup in last year's playoffs, you wouldn't have made it as far as you did. And this is the type of things that this guy can do. It's exactly what you just said. He can pick up an entire team, put it on his bat, and carry it to the promised land. But he just put them in a position right now. Think about it. All the pressure, Nelly, was has been on the Yankees for God knows how long with their roller coaster season. Now they head into Toronto with the uh fans being able to be 30,000 uh, going into this series. So it's going to be a raucous Toronto. It's going to be fun to watch again in the middle of the week, but still it's going to be fun. They put themselves in a position where they're now two games ahead of the Blue Jays. All of the pressure is on Toronto. The Boston Red Sox, I know their schedule is through the beltway and it's, it's, it's a joke. It's the Orioles and it's the Nationals. But Jeff, look what the Twins did to the Blue Jays. I think they split that series two and two, and that helped the Yankees out, and that helped the Yankees get that two-game lead on the Blue Jays. So now you go into Toronto. You've got Tyone going in game one. You could get him back up to snuff before the playoffs. Everything is coming up roses for the Yankees, and I'll throw it to you with this, Jeff. Except, go ahead. 
<laughs> uh, what I don't know what the accept is that you're talking about. I was going to go positive for a change. And I know that's like a Fred Sanford moment, holding the heart, telling Elizabeth he's having a big one. But I, I the, the bullpen, besides Aaron Boone doing everything in his power to try to lose that game last night by throwing Joely Rodriguez out there after Clay Holmes threw 11 or 12 pitches and struck out three Red Sox. I, I had no idea what was going on there. But the bullpen, especially Severino, it just seems like that is a strength again, Jeff. And I think that is going to help propel this team, not only past the wild card, but hopefully a little bit of a run here. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm not sure about the Tyone. You're going to see Tyone and Kluber during the Blue Jay, the bookends with Cole going on Wednesday. So, you know, I don't know what you're going to get out of Tyone. You know, hopefully he can get you four or five. You know, I can't see him going very deep because he hasn't pitched. So you're going to utilize the bullpen. The one thing that Toronto did, they, they lined up their three top starters against the Yankees. You're going to see Ryu, Barrios, and Ray. So you got two lefties going against New York, and then you have Barrios, who's, who's nasty in himself. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a great a great series. Again, you know, I still think the Yankees can can take two out of three. It's going to be an uphill climb. The, the game they have to win, obviously, is game one. Then it settles down just a little bit. It gives you even more confidence. Almost the worst, worst scenario was Monday off, you know, you're so hot and everything's starting to roll offensively. Everything's starting to roll. And all of a sudden you come up on an off day. I know you kind of need it because it's late, late in the year. And you kind of want to give your bullpen a rest because you're going to be utilizing these guys a lot, especially Tuesday and also, also Thursday when you have Kluber and he's giving you four, maybe. And also Tyone, four. Then you have to dip into that bullpen. So the bullpen's got to come up big again in the Toronto series. Hopefully Cole can, you know, cut down the, the deep counts and give you at least seven. He's got to give you seven to give that bullpen a rest. You go home against the Rays. You almost, the best case scenario to go in in that last home series is you'd want to try to get a two-game lead. If you have a one-game lead, the Rays are going to like, they, they want nothing more to knock out the Yankees. That's what they want. And if the Yankees can go into the weekend with a two-game lead, whether it's the second wild card or the first wild card, whatever it is, if they can get a two-game lead going into Tampa, I, I, uh, I think it's good. One game, I'm not so sure. Well, look, they've positioned themselves. You know, you said it. Go go sweep a series, and they did it. And now they've positioned themselves to be in a, in a place where they could take a game in the Blue Jays series. They could actually lose two of these games and still be in a good place going into Tampa or, or going home for Tampa. I mean, I no one one wants that to happen, but you're still going to have a chance. They've, they've given themselves a chance. They've, they've breathed new life into the end of this nine game schedule here at the end of the season to perhaps be the top wild card, but who the hell cares? Just get into the next season and see what happens either at Fenway or Toronto, wherever the hell it may be. As long as they have a shot to get there and, and be in that game, I think they have a shot to do some damage because this offense, if it continues to wake up one more thing about Stanton, he's the second player in Yankees history, by the the way, with 10 RBI against the Red Sox in a three-game series. Only he and Mickey Mantle, who did it back in May of 1954, uh, did that. And Stanton is the first to do it at Fenway. So we got to get that out of there. Something, I know we have our issues with Alex Rodriguez there, Nelly, but there are a couple things he said during the broadcast last night that I jumped up and I was like, yes, keep talking. And the first thing was, you need more out of your starters. And he was talking about Jordan Montgomery. And he was talking about how, you know, there was loud contact in that fifth inning. And the Red Sox seemed to be barreling him up a little bit. But 
I think Alex makes a great point. Now, not in that game. I think Aaron Boone did the right thing in going to Clay Holmes for the sixth inning because you don't want it to go south and have Montgomery keep throwing those cement mixers right over the middle of the plate and have the Red Sox keep destroying them. But this is something that teams need to start doing throughout spring training and throughout the beginning of the season. You cannot keep going to your bullpen in April and May. These guys need to be built up. What the hell are they doing in February and March? Their pitch counts should be like you said, Nelly, earlier this year on this podcast. Their pitch counts when they make their first start should be 100, not 60, not 75, not 90. They should be 100 going into their first start. That's one thing I agreed with Alex on. The other thing I agreed with Alex on, or not that I agree with Alex on, he brought up a great point about Glaber Torres. And I didn't know this. And I guess he got it from talking to Aaron Boone and the Yankees before the game happened on Sunday. And that was when they told Glaber Torres that he was going from shortstop to second. Jeff, I, I don't know if you knew this, but the smile on his face, like the weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders. Now, this is Alex Rodriguez talking about having a conversation with Aaron Boone. So to me, a, a guy like Torres, who seems to be coming out of his shell and, and actually starting to hit the ball again. Maybe it was weighing on him at shortstop and making the errors and, and, and having to worry about going out there every day. And it was getting in his head. Jeff, you played this game at the highest level. You were tremendous at the highest level, but you know, as well as anybody, this game could get inside your head and it could rattle around. And it shows that it was doing that to Glaber. We talked about this in the winter, right? Maybe it was in March, whenever the first podcast is. And we, we talked about the construction of this team. And, you know, everybody's so high on analytics. Well, if they would have looked at the analytical numbers, where does Glaber Torres put up his numbers? At what position did he hit the most home runs? And that was at second base. It's not, it's not a mystery. We've talked about, we've talked about this a million times that he is better off at second because not, not just defensively, but also offensively. You're taking a huge burden off his back by moving him to second. They should have done this in the wintertime. They should have signed a shortstop. They should have put, you know, Glaber at second, LeMayhew at first, get rid of Voigt, and then you would have had Urshela over a third. They should have done this in the wintertime, and now they're just doing it now. You know, you know they have LeMayhew over at first. I mean, over at third. They needed to do this. You know, I even mentioned, you know, Gordon, the guy for Kansas City, the guy that was at third base, and all of a sudden he was struggling. Alex Gordon, the guy who struggled at, at the plate. He couldn't hit. He kept being compared to George Brett. It was too much pressure. They move him to the outfield. The guy's an all-star. You know, he doesn't play anymore, but he, he retired. But he's an all-star. And that's what happens when you start putting pressure on and moving guys to different positions. And all of a sudden, they're not producing. You know, maybe they're making errors. And New York's a tough place to play. And, and you know, it's, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear from the fans. You're going to hear from the media. You move him over to second where he should be in the first place. I just don't understand it. I, you know, I don't know why uh, they didn't do that in the first place. Now, going back to the starting pitching, absolutely. Every single pitcher in this league should be able to go 115 pitches. There's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. I don't care if you're the number one guy or the number five guy, you should be able to throw 115 pitches every single outing. You know, it just, you build yourself up. They don't do it anymore. And this is league wide. They don't leave spring training with 100 pitches. Every single time when I play, they left 
with 100 pitches. You guys, every you were going six or seven right out the gate. Now it's 60. Now it's 70. Now it's all of a sudden, oh, we're going to use the first month to build up our build up our starters. Wrong. You build up your starters in March. You build up. That's that's what spring training's for. It's not for the relievers. It's not for the offense. It's for the stupid starters to build up their arm strength. <laughs> that's the only reason why it's so damn long. I mean, and, and all of a sudden they're leaving spring. Oh, yeah, you know, 60 pitches, 65 pitches. It doesn't work. You're taxing your bullpen already. You're taxing. That's why they're so tired. That's why they're going through going through times. They're like, holy crap, we can barely get outs. We can barely lift our arms because our stars aren't giving anything. But they're not going to give anything coming up in the series either because you're going to have bookends with Tyone and Kluber who aren't giving you more than four. I got to be honest here. It, I, and I have to ask you before we welcome in uh, Eric Hubs from Barstool. It made me cringe. And I know I texted you when this happened. But in the second game of the series between the Red Sox and Yankees this past weekend, Darwinson, I forget his last name, Darwinson Hernandez, maybe? He was the guy that gave up the bomb to uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, the lefty. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So something on Twitter, somebody put it out there. It was great. Uh, it was the Nesson broadcast when Cora went out to talk to him after the bases were loaded and they were waxing poetic about how savvy of a manager he was and he had to go out there and he had to give him this this pep talk and it was going to be great. <laughs> he throws a first pitch fastball Always. to Giancarlo, Giancarlo Stanton that, that hasn't landed yet. And you think Giancarlo Stanton wasn't sitting there saying this guy just hit Rizzo He's, you know, his manager came out there to calm him down. He's probably just going to say, look, just get something over, get ahead of him, and then you can mess with him. You could throw him a couple sliders and you'll get rid of him. And Stanton's a professional. And I got to be honest, he's one of my favorites right now because he took the booing in stride. He had the best uh, post-game comments about getting booed he he gets it you know and he goes out there and he does his job but going back to that jeff it has to make you as one as a lockdown reliever as you were it has to make you cringe that the red sox bullpen first with brett gardner uh it was hauk i believe had him one and two is brett gardner rod carew all of a sudden why, why are you messing around with brett gardner when you have him down one two he's throwing him these wiffle ball sliders nowhere near the strike zone he doesn't get gardner he walks him and kudos to gardner he worked the walk and and then he walks judge and then they go to the bullpen and then the, the guys you had one job you hear you see it all the time you had one job get anthony rizzo out he plunks him in the knee and then the grand slam it was just jeff and i know i texted you but it was just nice to see that that was the other team <laughs> and not the yankees this no you, yeah you know you, every single time it's probably about 95 even higher percent of a time whenever a pitching coach or a manager goes out to talk to a pitcher and leaves him in the very next pitch is a fastball because all they do and it happens all the time hey sinker down and away let's go a little sinker down and away get a double play that's all they say they calm them down and then at the end okay let's go down and away with a sinker get a double play let them roll over on it you know hitters they got to know as well that okay i'm i'm sitting after the after a visit on the mound i'm sitting dead red and i'm looking out over the middle of the plate and if he misses then I'm going to take advantage of it. And obviously he missed, you know, he was supposed to go down and away. He didn't, he missed out over the plate and Stanton absolutely destroyed it. 
you know, out of the stadium. And, and you, know, you look at yesterday as well when the Red Sox come in, nobody throws inside. So Adovino, I don't care what kind of slider he has, he never pitches inside. And if you're not going to pitch inside, you're not going to intimidate guys with that slider. He's away, away, away. That's why he doesn't have great success at Yankee Stadium. He, I mean, he did for a little bit. And, and he's not going to have success against some of the big boppers because he cannot throw inside. Nobody throws inside anymore. I mean, you look at Judge, you look at Stanton, you know, you could eat those guys up within, you know, fastballs inside, and then you could go away. But not, you know, just playing to the middle of their bat, and they're going to destroy you every single time. And you look at the break that they got yesterday with Judge. The first baseman couldn't get over to the wall to catch a ball. you got to do that. I mean, that's an easy fly ball. You cannot give teams like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays extra outs. And you did. And then the umpire, you know, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for the Yankees, the umpire screwed the call on the foul tip when he was transferring it into his hand. That should have been an out. It should have been done. And then judge would have been out. You know, judge, they would have had to face Rizzo. But, you know, it was a good break. And like you mentioned, finally, it went the Yankees way. And the Yankees took advantage of two. You know, it was like third time. OK, you didn't you missed the pop up. You didn't get the call by the umpire with uh, with the catcher catching the ball and transferring it to his hand. That should have been out. And then the very next pitch, judge hits a double. And the Yankees go ahead. So good. You know, I'm glad for once, you know, you're you're seeing that the Yankees are capitalizing on people's mistakes or other teams' mistakes. It's usually the other way around. Now, defensively, they still sucked yesterday. <laughs> but they did capitalize on mistakes. Unfortunately for the Yankees, Clay Holmes has been a godsend. I mean, how bad is Andrew Haney? But Clay Holmes, uh, my God, that looks like an incredible move. All right, Eric Cubs is about to join us. So let's get your predictions here. Tyone, Cole, Kluber, Tuesday through Thursday in Toronto. You know, the Blue Jays win two out of three. The Yankees, what is it? They're still up, right, by a game. If they if they get swept, they're down a game. They win two out of three. They're two games up. What do they do this series? I think they lose two out of three. I think oh, here you know, he comes again. No, Negative no, Nancy. No, no. Uh, Jeff, am I right or wrong? No, I, I mean, think so too. I think you know. I think the Yankees even could get swept. But the thing of it is, I don't think so. It's really hard to sweep a team. What the Yankees did in Boston, you know, it's not next to impossible, but it's tough. And I'll be shocked, Nelly, if. Kluber and Tyone pitched lights out against Toronto's lineup. I'll be shocked. I think Cole gets the job done, but I think those two, it's up in the air, and, I, and it's just not good. And then you know what? And if it's not good, the, the bullpen is going to be an absolute S show by the time they welcome in the Rays for the last series of the year. Right, and the thing, the thing that the thing that you have to watch is Toronto has a much better. They're they're a lot more athletic than the Yankees, and they're a much better lineup than the Yankees. They they're they're very dangerous, and they have three of the they have the three best starters going against the Yankees, and these guys. If you can try to work the count and get them out of the game, then you might have a little, you might have a better shot in getting into that Toronto bullpen. But they do go deep in the game. Their three starters will go deep. Now, Barrios and Cole is a good matchup. I don't see the Yankees scoring early like they did the last in the last Cole start. So it's going to be matching zeros and see how Cole yeah. does with that. So, it's going to be exciting. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, Absolutely. I can see them, you know, lose two out of three. Uh, I can even see them get swept. But the way the offense is going, that's why I don't like – I wish they didn't have today off. I wish they were going right into Toronto and playing them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then have Thursday off. Because then the offense is rolling – and sometimes you don't want days off with that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, right after this uh, short break, we're going to welcome in Eric Hubs from Barstool Sports. He's the host of the Short Porch Podcast. That's next here on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. 
All right, as promised, he's the host of the Short Porch Podcast with Barstool Sports. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter, at Barstool Hubs. Uh, Eric Hubs, thanks for joining us, pal. We appreciate it. I'll, I'll talk to anyone right now who's – like, I can t- I can speak for hours upon hours after that type of series. We'll say, <laughs> it, to get up this early, for me, that's that's hard. So, but that, so I, you know, I'm doing this for I, – I appreciate you guys. You guys pre- I'm feeling good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's not to feel good about i mean based on our conversation thursday after i taped the pinstripe pod and i was telling you the analogies i was coming up with we were going back and forth with this team because let's face it there's no other better word than to describe this 2021 yankee They're, they've been bipolar i saw kenny davidoff or joel sherman in the new york post use the same comparison it's just you never know what yankee team is going to show up but i'll tell you this eric and, and i know I, I this i'm not going out on a very thin branch right now. I'm going out on a very sturdy limb when I say this. If you want to inject juice, if you want to inject life into your season right before the freaking playoffs, you go to Boston and you did you do what you just did to the Boston Red Sox, who were coming into that uh, series, Eric, as one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. That was just a tremendous job by the Yankees. Yeah, I, I we were talking. I described them going into the Texas series as a hospice patient uh, where, like, it, they're it's, – everyone's got to get to the hospital. Like, we got we got to find our next of kin. Who's pulling the plug? Who's got to sign off? That's how bad everything was. See, it and, wasn't just me, guys. It wasn't no, just and me. you're not a bad fan out there. People have lost this year. You, you, the way they've lost – and there was someone who put out, like, a notes app screenshot of, like, the way they've lost, like, like nine times where it's just, like, the worst loss of the season for any team. They've had nine of those. But then – so then after the Texas series, you sweep, which they had to do, obviously, and then Toronto loses a few games back, and you're like, okay – it's like they gave the hospice patient an experimental treatment. That's like, you got 30% chance here, but what, we're going to try it out. Now it's like, hey, you can come out of hospice. You're still in the hospital. But, like, things are turning around here a little bit. Craziness. Absolutely craziness that they you needed to win two of three. You really needed to sweep, and they did sweep. You couldn't lose. You want to have the number one wild card spot with the schedule the Red Sox have the rest of the way here, where it's, uh, what, Baltimore and Washington. Washington, yeah. Yeah. What, great. Thanks, MLB. Scheduled for that. Uh, <laughs> and we got to go to Toronto, Rogers Center, House of Horrors there. Yeah. Uh, they needed the sweep. They did. It was unbelievable the way they did it. And they did not deserve to win that game yesterday with the drop fly balls and all that. But I'm not complaining. And shout out Joe West. <laughs> country, country Joe. Oh, he's always in the middle of something. Well, guess what? They have to quickly forget that series now. They got to go into Toronto against their three top starters. What do you think about that? Yeah, I heard you guys talking right as I was jumping on about the off day. I just, it's it was such an emotional, you know, intense weekend. And now it's like just as emotional as intense on Tuesday like and that place is going to be jumping they haven't had you know I think they raised their capacity I feel like uh 30,000 yeah 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 so uh which isn't full I believe I think it's just over 50 for there yeah okay but yeah I mean that place to me is a house of horrors and the turf so you always got to worry about playing you know they're not going to play judge and standing out there every day in the field they always like to save their knees and all that but at these days you know everyone's playing hurt uh i'm nervous for it for sure you gotta win two of three i just saw a tweet coming on here by the way it was if the red sox go four and two against the o's and nats blue jays go two and one against the yankees three and oh against the o's and the yankees go one and two versus the jays two and one versus the rays all 
could happen. We have a three-way tie for the wild card. Yeah, it could happen. You're right. I, I don't need that. <laughs> and and if that happens, we discussed this already, Eric. I don't know if you know the, the situation, but it, it would be Team A, Team B, and Team C. And since the Yankees have already lost the season series to the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, regardless of what the Yankees do in this series coming up here, the Red Sox would play the Blue Jays in Game 1. The loser of that game would then play the Yankees. And then the winner of that game would play the winner of the first game again. And then that would be the the, the wild. It, it's just so convoluted. Jake actually hit me with a Billy Madison line the last time I explained this. Everyone's now dumber after I just explained that. And I, yeah, it, you don't want that. You really don't want that, but it could happen. Listen, just get into the second season. With this, with this lineup, Eric, I mean, Jesus Christ, they shouldn't even be in this position. We were talking, I said this was a 100-win team at the beginning of the season. We, we do our stupid predictions. Yeah, I did 101 uh, was Mind. Yeah, yeah. Nelly, Nelly thought they were the best team in the American League, and and who didn't? I mean, let's be honest. I, you look at the lineup, top to bottom, and 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 granted, they didn't have the lefties, and you didn't know Hicks was going to spit the bit again. That guy hasn't been on the field. You know, he's been off the field more than he's been on it since he's been on this team. So he kind of screwed them with his, another injury with him, and you can't help injuries. I get it, but it's just like God. I mean, what does this guy have to do to stay on the field? But now you have the balance in the lineup with Gallo and with Rizzo, and I know. Gallo strikes out, walks, or hits a home run, but he does add that balance. It, it makes pitchers pitch differently to the righties. You know, you can't just throw that slider that hits the outside corner righties because if a lefty's destroying that, it, it changes the whole thing. So having said all that and, and having the verbal diarrhea that I had on Thursday, once again here on a Monday, what are your thoughts, Eric, as to where this team will be? Because it's kind of dicey for me, and Ellie and I were talking about this right before he came on, bringing Tyone back in after the uh, injured list uh, in this series against Ryu, who's absolutely owned the Yankees, and then the bookend with Kluber. You have Cole in the middle, but with Tyone and Kluber going, to me, that's a little dicey in this Toronto series, especially, as you said, the house of horrors that Toronto is. Yeah, it's just where else do you want him to go? Because you can't – Seve's only going – you know, he's not stretched out to be a starter now. Same with Domingo. So it's like what you – I'm there with you, though. Throwing JMO right back in the fire, and then Kluber has not given us really any reason to think he can give you, you know, uh, where he was, you know, months ago. But the good news is – and I I talk about this – with Seve there now, with Domingo there now, with Clay Holmes, these are guys who can give you – it's kind of uh, very raisish they've turned their bullpen into where these guys can give you two innings, like two very good innings. So I hope Boone manages with the urgency he has to and like the way he did this weekend. I thought for the most part, aside from this pulling Clay Holmes for Jolie, that was insane. But you got to have short leashes with these guys. If JMO's going three innings, fine, figure it out. We'll find six more innings. We can't. Yeah, these are all playoff down. games. Yeah, these yeah. are all playoff games. These are all, you have to treat every game like it's game seven right now. That's how important every single game is. So you got to win this series in Toronto. You win, I think the magic number is five. So to clinch a wild card spot. You got to win the series in Toronto. Then you just got to win one game against the Rays. And and I'm very curious how the Rays even manage that weekend because they're not playing for anything. So, but, but obviously they hate us. So. <laughs> Right. And, you know, that's why, you know, obviously the Red Sox series is so important. They went through a sweep. This series is is double 
as important as the Red Sox because for me, you know, if I'm if I'm cash for Kevin Cash for the Rays, you want nothing more. You would love nothing more than to knock the Yankees out of the playoffs. You have to go into my opinion, you have to go into this weekend series. You can't look ahead obviously because you have you have the Blue Jays staring you right in the face. You have to go into this weekend at least up by two games in the wild card spot because if you're only up by one, the Rays are going because of the off days the Rays, the Rays are going to play everyone. I mean, you don't want to go stale. I, I've been there when you're going stale into the playoffs and it doesn't work out very well. It all of a sudden takes you a game or two to get everybody back on track again. The Rays are going to go and they're going to want to beat the Yankees. They're going to want to make sure that they go home and they want to do it on their turf. So I think Kevin Cash comes in here full bore and the Yankees have to go and ha- at least have a two-game lead going into this weekend series. I think the also factor in, so obviously they want to send us home. They would love nothing more than that. But Kiermaier was saying like they want to play the Blue Jays again so in order to do that you have to knock us out to get because you know the whole that whole drama going on so I think it makes perfect sense for them to try very hard this weekend excuse me something's on fire outside uh Sunday Sunday I could see the only day where they they don't really play usually I feel like that's like okay but Friday and Saturday you're going to get the Tampa Bay Rays that's the way I see it. At least it's at the stadium. Was that was that a fire truck going to put out Giancarlo Stanton somewhere in uh, Toronto, perhaps? Um, because that's the fire alarm that went off in Boston. Yeah, by the way, A Rod made A Rod had the corniest response to that. He said something like, "It's so hot in here, the alarm went off." I'm like, "All right, settle down." He had so many ways history. to go, and he went with that. Yeah, like what did we come on? Yeah, well, <laughs> he had a good game other than that. So I mean, well, you usually have Sheardy's dog mixing into the podcast. With, uh... <laughs> I guess he. I guess he forgot the peanut butter. So you. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. You're you're giving me stuff about a, a six inch stiletto into a into the nether regions, and you're talking about peanut butter and my dog. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. I guess I guess to each his own there, Nelly. But Eric, before we get a two nuts with the references uh, on this one, I I gotta say that Boston sweep. This I know the Boston schedule uh, isn't too hard here. They have the the O's and the Nats. But a loss like that, a series loss like that, that could send the Red Sox into a tailspin. I mean, that uh, the Yankees doing that to Boston, because let's face it, as Yankee fans, if we went up there to Fenway or if they came down here to Yankee Stadium and they just did to us what we did to them, as fans, what would we be thinking right now? This season's over. There's no way we're going to, even if we had, if if we were playing, you know, the, the Orioles and, and, and the Rangers to, to, to close out the season, we'd think the season was over. This could have major repercussions for the Red Sox. I'm hoping that, but what do you think? Like, where are we sitting after these next six games? Where do you think we are, Eric, when when all is said and done? Now, yeah, so when the Sox came here in their last series and the Yankees swept them with a doubleheader and all that, forget what player it was. I think it was a pitcher. Maybe it might have been Pavetta, who was like, we're still better than them. And it's like, all right, fair. Like, you know, doubleheader, you know, gimmicky doubleheader. But, like, they, the Yankees just outplayed the Boston Red Sox in every facet of baseball for these three games. There was one glimmer where Aaron Boone, you know, like kind of became Aaron Boone again with the Clay Holmes thing. But on Yeah, Saturday, I, I didn't wait. Wait, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. What the hell was he thinking there? Because Clay Holmes went out for the seventh inning, and it wasn't until, and you know what? Cora played him because, yeah, yeah, he absolutely played him to get Holmes out of the game, and he did it. I don't understand why he did that. And Travis Shaw, he had just gotten Oh, my God. He had just gotten Xander and JD out, I believe, and then one other person on 11 pitches looking 
unbelievable. His sinker. Yeah. I love that man, and the the fact uh, I love how that he just came over and Matt Blake was just like, "Hey man, like you didn't throw strikes in Pittsburgh, could you throw strikes for us?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." They just didn't tell me to do that over there, and now he just doesn't walk anybody instead of walking you know every single person. Yeah, Clown was great, but yeah, pulling him for Jolie too, who is a guy this year that they've liked to use at the end of an inning. So like they they like to get right. on the if that out. one lefty, yes, right. yes, like, because if you end the inning, you don't have to come back out. And they're bringing him in. You have to face three guys here. And, like, what are we doing? And and honestly, and I was talking about this uh, with my co-host, Marty, who's a big Wandy Peralta guy, and he refuses to pronounce it by his – he calls him Wandy for no reason. But uh, <laughs> bringing him – not bringing him in and bringing Jolie in there. Like, if you're bringing a lefty, I bring in Peralta. And if you're going to take Chloe Helms out, which I would never do. So that was but, – but going back to that, so Boone mis- made that mistake on Sunday. But on Saturday, Cora pulling Hauk – to bring in Darwin's and Hernandez. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a, that, too. that was a very rare Cora because he's a very good manager. I, yeah. I, I hate him. I hate his guts. <laughs> I, I, I do understand he is a very good manager. You wouldn't hate him if he wasn't a good manager. Yeah. Uh, I do sort of respect him a little because he did call me in the offseason and apologize for the cheating scandal, which was wild. But him taking out Hauk and bringing Darwin's in, in and then, you know, the walk, obviously, and then Stan Grand Slam, that was like, wow, something just blew up in Cora's face that, like, never happens. That was like, we, the Yankees are outplaying the Boston Red Sox right now, and they did the whole weekend. And to further ask, answer your question, where do I see us? I think we're going to win the series in, in Toronto. I think they're hot. I don't know, sweep. And I think they're going to – they're just going to need to win the one game. I would love to win two, two of three, two of three. That's that's the goal in my mind right now and just see what Baltimore's doing uh, and Washington with the Red Sox. I do think I – po- I point this out on the podcast. Former Yankee who was in the Zach Britton trade, a friend of mine, Josh Rogers, pitching for the Nationals these days, post-Tommy John. He was cut by the Orioles. He hated the Orioles. Now he's in Washington thriving. He's actually been shoving for them. He pitches, I believe, over the weekend. And – He's still a very big Yankees fan. I promise you, <laughs> like nothing more. In a, you know, the national season are playing; for, they're playing for nothing. But he's pitching. I want to see he pitched yesterday. He's probably pitching Friday or Saturday. Probably pitching Saturday. He would love nothing more than to beat the Boston Red Sox in that game <laughs> and further screw them in the AL Walker. So that's something I'm looking forward to a little bit. There's no one talking about Josh Rogers' upcoming start against the Red Sox, but I am looking forward to that. Yeah, I do TV with the Marlins, so I saw him face the Marlins uh, on what the. Uh, I think it was either Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those days. And yeah, he he looks pretty good. He's got that little those little that little move. He's dancing. I don't know if this guy sits still. He's got it has a, like ants in his pants. <laughs> and then he was kind of mocking Jazz Chisholm, the uh, one of the, oh, one of the yeah, young stars yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. for the Marlins. You know, he's his antics. I, if I was pitching nowadays, I would put one so far into his ribs <laughs> with all the stupid rookie antics that he does uh, and all his dancing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Somebody your whip, needs your to... whip would be very high these days. Oh, somebody needs to be, somebody needs to drill this guy. But, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, Washington, Washington's their, their pitching sucks. They're, they're, they're terrible, but offensively, they are a really good offensive team. Even after they lost Trey Turner, they're still a very good offensive team. You have Soto, probably one of the most exciting players in baseball and also, Josh Bell, who's really turned his year around in the second half. So they're not a pushover. You know, so you look at the Red, the Red Sox, whoever's talking about them are saying the same thing we are. We have to go five and one the rest of the way for us to get in the playoffs. And it's not easy. You know, the and the Rays 
the Rays have they're home for the rest of the year. You know, they have they have the Yankees and then they have the Orioles. So, you know, you look at it and it's not, you know, Yankees have to take care of their business, obviously. But you have these spoiler type teams in the in the Orioles and the, and the Nationals. I don't know if I want to face the Nationals if it has to mean that I have to win two out of three in Washington. Yeah, I'd rather play the Dodgers, I feel like, than the Orioles the way this yeah. has gone. So, yeah, I mean, the Orioles uh, do something. Just do something this week for us. You have six chances. Give me something. Win yeah, two. you got 200. You, you've Brandon lost Hyde, 200 you names. New, yeah. You got a new contract. Go out there and, <laughs> go out there and show them that you deserve that new contract. Yeah, like, for real, man. I'm almost relieved we're not playing the Orioles this week. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, one last thing for me, Eric, and that's this. There's a couple things that are really giving me hope. And that is the the, the couple arms out in the bullpen, having the, the net to fall back into with Herman, with Clay Holmes, and with Severino. And there's another one in the lineup. Glaber Torres, since the move from shortstop, and we heard Alex Rodriguez last night. I, I brought this up with Nelly in our previous segment. When he was told in the manager's office that he was moving from short to second, it looked like all the weight left his shoulders. So if he could keep going on offense if he could keep if he could stay hot and and the bullpen who with Severino, Herman and and Holmes, three fresh arms out there who are going to get the job done, that gives me hope going down the stretch here and hopefully for a run. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty pumped about what the bullpen is right now. Yeah, and you get Loazga back. Uh, and him, yes. Either Tuesday Can't forget him. Who, yeah. Matt Blake said he looked like Johnny Watt. You know, so he, if you get him back, he's another guy who can potentially, if you need him, give you two innings, kind of that weapon X role where like, hey, we need outs here in the sixth. You know, you're coming. And now you can do that too. It used to be, oh, you used, you burn Loisega in the sixth and, and like partially in the seventh. How do we get the – hey, you have Clay Holmes. You have Luis yep. Marino. They yep. Domingo, yeah, we haven't seen Domingo in this bullpen role yet. Having, yeah. having Herman, having Severino – having homes you don't have to use now lasagna or chad green for two innings those guys could go back to throwing what you have so many options out there now that's gonna make this team stronger and i love the fact that you guys call him lasagna that's if chad green wants to pitch like he did last night instead of uh, meatball i give up the lead every time chad green i'm all for it that breaking ball he had last night was excellent he was very good last night i will say real quick you brought up glaber um he was in this play it was a very traumatic play but a very important play at the tail end of it joey gallows drop throwing out schwarber getting out of that listen i'm i wish you caught the ball because you gave up the lead but ending it there, Schwarber, I don't believe, was hustling out of the box there. Very, I mean, unless he's, like, truly the slowest person in the world. He's not fast, but, like, come on, man. But that was big. Glaber made the tag there to get him out of that. It's not being talked about. and I mean, you know, we should be praising Joey Gallo. But that was big to escape that inning. And just after the drop, they could reset. And they go on to win the game. That was huge. Yeah, we need Glaber for sure. Uh, he helps the lineup so much. He's at Barstool Hubs on Twitter. He's got close to 95,000. Is it 95,000 followers, buddy? Sure, you I have. Yeah, sure. You should, yeah. you should have you should have a crap ton more because you're such a great follow. He's the you know he follows the golf, he follows the tennis. He's a great follow on Twitter. He was tremendous for us here on the podcast today. We appreciate the time, buddy. Eric Hubs from Barstool. Thanks a lot, brother. We appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys. Let's go win a World Series. That says goodnight to episode 90, the Esteban Florial edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. 
Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia, of course, for producing the show. Go into Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We appreciate it. You could also find us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We are back on Thursday after the Yankees' first two games against the Blue Jays. Enjoy the games, and thanks for listening to the Pinstripe Podcast.